night, Mr. Stevens. Um, I understand you're going to present before the board today. What are you presenting today? I have for you the case of The Love Guru, the 2008 film. Ooh, The Love Guru. Wow. I can't wait to see what you do with that. Thank you, sir. If it pleases the board, in order to tackle The Love Guru, I need to take you back to 1999. A simpler time, perhaps. A time when the presence of Mike Myers in a film product was essentially a license to print money. During the nine years leading up to The Love Guru's release, Myers had starred, voiced, and or written five blockbuster films. Shrek, Shrek 2, Shrek the Third, Austin Powers' The Spy That Shagged Me, and Austin Powers and Goldmember. The combined box office of these films reached over $1.4 billion in domestic grosses alone. He had almost single-handedly ensured that DreamWorks animation could be a thing. Even Meyer's missteps did not end up selling him, either because he was in a minor role, as in the case of Mystery Alaska or View from the Top, or because they were just misses domestically whose international box office put them over the top, as in the case of Dr. Seuss's The Cat in the Hat. Considering how absolutely terrible Cat in the Hat was, the fact that it didn't end up muddying Myers at all is a sign of just how golden he was. So after this beautiful stretch of nine years, Myers saw the end of the road for his Shrek and Powers properties looming and decided it was time to diversify his portfolio. In order to do so, he returned to a character called Guru Pitka. He was sure this character would be beloved, and he developed a film around it called The Love Guru. In a media blitz leading up to the film that could be conservatively referred to as aggressive, Pitka showed up everywhere, at NHL games, on American Idol, late at night in the closets of the 12 to 22 demographic that was so coveted. There was no way the love guru was not going to reduce the United States, and indeed the rest of the world, to fits of uncontrollable, knee-buckling, belly-cramping hysterics. And the money would rain from the heavens, a tidal wave of currency, elevating Myers to the status herefore denied most human beings. Except, the people did not embrace Pitka, or Myers, in fact, they rejected him to the tune of not even $33 million of grosses against a $62 million budget. Even international grosses only pushed the movie just over $40 million. Audiences rejected Myers so badly, so hard, the comedian has not appeared on a screen in a lead role since. In fact, beyond Shrek Ever After and a brief cameo in Inglorious Bastards, with an E. He's essentially doing nothing in the past six years. It is therefore the opinion of me, as a representative of this fair board of what exists, that we declare, in regards to the love guru, this never happened. Now, now you're sure you want to make that stance? I do. And I do so for the following crimes. An offensive and potentially racist portrayal of an Indian. Yes, 
prior to the release of the film, the Hindi community was very concerned, and after the release, they decided it was not offensive, merely terrible. But this was 2008. Fisher Stevens, in 1986 and 1988, pulled the same trick in the short circuit films, and even then, it was borderline offensive. 20 years later, it's not okay. I also present as evidence the gross misuse of supporting players, including Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, Jim Gaffigan, Rob Hubel, musical genius Kanye West, and the greatest, Val Kilmer. The horrific use of poor CGI to depict Myers as a child and a teen. The waste of a George Clinton soundtrack. Sullying hockey, the already least respected sport in the United States. Merging punny with gross-out humor for quote-unquote joking effect. And lastly, simply put, being wildly unfunny. I mean, I mean, you make a you make a strong a strong argument there. Um, although I would say that soccer is probably the least respected sport in the United States. Apologies to the board, I misspoke. I mean, the least respected of the four major sports in the United States. Right, right. So, so you're putting soccer like badminton. Correct. Got it. Although I think we could argue badminton's a lot more fun than soccer. Well, probably. Probably. Not, not now. Um, we'll say that for another, another day. Um, so, and, and, and you, you mean the Academy Award winning Fisher Stevens, correct? Yes. All right. Just had to clarify that. So, were, were, did, uh, did the Love Guru have any redeeming qualities? No. This is a movie that took the raw sexual chemistry of Jessica Alba and Justin Timberlake and reduced it to a cold fish flopping on a kill room floor. That is, that's very, it's very graphic. It's accurate, sir. I, uh, I have to say, I was surprised that so many people were actually in uh, The Love Guru. I've never actually seen it. Um, so I, I thank you for your sacrifice. It's my pleasure, sir. I do what I can for the people of this country. And, and you, you just want to wipe it from existence. I do feel that would be best. I, you know, I, I can't think of a, a reason to keep it around. I mean, you, you have nothing nice to say about it. Um, I think everyone involved would probably like to forget about it. I would call on you now, then, to issue a ruling, sir. Um, well, I, I, I think it, it's fair and it's safe to say that uh, the love guru never happened. Excellent. Thank you for your time. Oh, my, my pleasure. I look, I look forward to, to, you know, seeing what you present to us next. additional service here at This Never Happened, we take a look back at our archives and remind you of another product 
that never happened. In this case, we're reviewing Countdown, or the Countdown to Final Crisis, a comic book series from DC Comics. Never has a countdown to an event been less of a countdown to an event. Hot on the heels of the improbable success of 52, DC Comics was anxious to stay in the weekly comics game. So despite 52 coming into the gate smoking and sputtering with an excess miniseries, World War III, strewn across its neck, they plunged onward. The plan was simple. I guess. 52 issues leading to what was being billed as the most massive, earth-shattering, world-redefining crossover that had ever been crossed. A little series known as Final Crisis. Except, somewhere along the way, someone's signals got a little bit mixed up. Countdown became festooned with complimentary limited series like Salvation Run and The Death of the New Gods that served to further complicate and muddy Countdown's relationship to the event that it was supposed to be leading to. As a result, the whole thing ended up a zero-sum game. Countdown didn't matter because it didn't actually lead into Final Crisis, and Final Crisis didn't matter because events in Countdown and its hood ornament miniseries contradicted, duplicated, or undermined events in the, con- in the crossover itself. And the moment Final Crisis ended, with the exception of Batman-related storylines, all of it, every last bit, disappeared into the ether like so much vaporware. Countdown to Final Crisis. This never happened because DC more or less told us all that it never happened the moment you tucked the last of your dollars into its pocket. And then it made sure it was good and raced with four years of wheel spinning culminating in Flashpoint in the New 52. The board declares this never happened because, well, doesn't it just feel better that way? This has been a look back at the This Never Happened archive.